0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scouting Report podcast. My name is Brandon Ramsey, and I am here to break down everything you need to know about the LSU Tigers. Kentucky is set to take on LSU um, tomorrow evening, that's Saturday night, at 6 o'clock. The game will be on ESPN, Um, it's in Lexington at Reparina. So Kentucky returns home from what was an absolutely brutal loss down in Athens to Georgia, on that last second out-of-bounds underplay that gave the Bulldogs a win and snapped Kentucky's 14-game winning streak over Georgia. Um, I wrote a whole post breaking down the final two minutes of that game on KSR, uh, where Kentucky went from being up six to obviously losing the game um, in the matter of one minute and 40 seconds. I don't think any of us really want to spend too much time reliving that So let's just stop talking about it, and we can get on um, to talking a little bit more about LSU. Obviously, Kentucky now has lost three straight SEC games. Um, In all likelihood, the regular season is more or less meaningless at this point. Uh, Obviously, still want to win every game that you play, and seeing improvement, getting better is going to be very important. But just in terms of postseason, anything like that, it all rests on winning the SEC tournament at this point. So you just want you want to see improvement each game. You hope to see some better cohesion on the offensive end. Um, you hope to be able to settle into a lineup. Uh, Kentucky's used seven different starting lineups this season. Has yet to figure out a rotation. Really, we're still playing a lot of guys, guys minutes fluctuate game to game. That's generally not something that Coach Califari likes to still be messing with at this point in the season. Um, But those are the type of things that you mess with when you're 4-9. and So, hopefully, over the second half of this season, we'll be able to start to figure some of those things out and maybe start to have have more answers than questions. Um, And then we can go into the SEC tournament feeling good or at least better about ourselves, better about the way we're playing and We'll roll the ball out there and see if we can um, get things done down in Nashville. But to get there, things start once again tomorrow night with a chance to play a very, very good LSU team. From the preseason, I've been talking about how I think the national media and the local SEC media has been sleeping on the Tigers. This year, um, not only did they bring back three – three of the best returning players in the entire conference, um, in Trenton Watford, Javante Smart, and Darius Days. All three of those guys explored their NBA options um, in the offseason. All three of them decided to come back to Baton Rouge and um, play another year. And I think they have, you know, that that gives them arguably the best returning roster in the conference um, up there with Tennessee. And I think that LSU – is one of the most talented teams in the conference. Obviously, they just got their doors absolutely blown off by Alabama uh, when when the Crimson Tide made 23 threes against them the other night. Uh, however, I, I really think that LSU um, still has a real chance to win the conference. Um, they're certainly one of the two or three best teams in the league. And along with those returning players, they feature the SEC's leading scorer um, and one of the best freshmen in the country in – in Cameron Thomas, who's averaging 22 points a game and has just really um, lit the conference on fire uh, with his play so far this season. Um, but it, it definitely uh, goes to show that I think people just weren't giving LSU enough credit coming into the season. And I think a lot of that is just because, let's face it, nobody likes Will Wade. Uh, Will Wade is the is still somehow, yes, Will Wade does still have a job. No, we don't know why he still has a job, but he is the still he is still the head basketball coach of the LSU Tigers, and obviously people don't like him. I don't like him. You don't like him. Um, he's just a shady dude um, who does not deserve to be coaching college basketball and leading young men. Um, but he still being paid to do that, and there's nothing we can do about it. And I think that when you when you pull that back, he has a really really good basketball team. That does a lot of great things, so um, you know they deserve credit, regardless of what type of man uh, their head coach might be. Um, the the players on the team don't deserve to um, pay for his sins, so to speak. Um, but anyway, to, to dive to dive in a little bit to more to what LSU does, um, you know w- we're coming off playing three of the highest paced teams in the conference and in the country in Auburn. Alabama, and Georgia. Obviously, none of those games went well. We lost all three of them after being 3-0 in the conference heading into that stretch. Um, however, LSU actually scores more points than all three of those teams, despite the fast pace that those teams play at. You know, we know, and we talked about a lot, Alabama and Auburn, they love to shoot threes. Georgia played even faster than those teams in terms of pace and in terms of possessions per game. but They, were, they weren't really a three-point shooting team. They wanted to attack the basket. LSU averages more points. Like I said, they're averaging 85.2 points per game, which is 10th in the country in terms of scoring. However, they're not a fast-paced team. They, they rank very average. They're right around the middle of the pack nationally in terms of pace, in terms of possessions per game, yet they're the, they're the 10th highest-scoring team in the country. So how does that happen? Well, it's because LSU is just extremely, extremely efficient. Uh, They're shooting splits this season. They're 48% from the field, uh, which is 40th in the country. They're shooting 35.2% from three. Uh, Obviously, that's a very good percentage. They don't shoot a ton of threes. Um, They've only made 107 threes in their 13 games, so that's just over eight a game. Certainly not bad. That's more than Georgia made. That's obviously more than Kentucky makes, but they take good open threes that they, they have their best shooter shooting their threes. And that's how they shoot a good percentage, 35%. And then they shoot a ton of free throws and they're seventy-six 76.3% from the line. Um, they shoot the 26th most free throws in the country and they make the 12th most free throws in the country. Um, so, you know, getting to the free throw line like that and converting is a, is a great way to improve your efficiency. And that's something that LSU does a very, very good job of is getting to the line and then convert, converting those foul shots. So we're going to be going up against a extremely efficient team. They're not going to waste possessions. They're going to come down and get a pretty good shot every time. They're going to attack the basket. They're going to attack you as the defender looking to get to the foul line, and and they have the horses to do it. Um, one interesting thing about LSU is that this is pretty much a a four-man group. Um when you talk about Cameron Thomas, Trenton Watford, uh, Javante Smart, Smart, and Darius Days, those guys account for almost 80% of their points. Just under 80% of their points come from those four guys. Um, th- there's a drop-off between their fourth-leading scorer, Darius Days, at 12.9, to their fifth-leading scorer, Wani uh, Wilkinson, who averages 4.9 points a game. Um, so, you know, th- this is a team where you really have to focus on doing as good of a job as you can on their four best players, and then after that, you know, th- those guys are still talented. They have some guys that can put the ball in the basket and hurt you in different ways, um, but they're just not focal points of the offense. And so much of what they do is geared through those four guys. Um, and 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 that's also why they're so darn efficient, is because they they do such a good job of funneling things through their best players. You know, they, they don't have guys playing outside of their comfort zone or playing outside of their skill set you know guys that aren't good three-point shooters don't shoot threes guys that aren't very good finishers don't really look to shoot unless they're laying it up or dunking it that's something the Kentucky players still need to kind of work through and get better at is just playing to your skill set you know guys like guys like Lance Ware you know he's six for 16 or whatever from the field like that's just really not acceptable you know when, when you aren't a strong offensive player, then you shouldn't be shooting shots that aren't layups or dunks. And that's something that LSU's players have figured out over the course of this season is what makes them so dangerous offensively. Um, So to talk a little bit more about what they do offensively, they're going to do a lot of different ball screening action, mostly to get Javante Smart and Cameron Thomas, their two dynamic guards, to get those guys going towards the basket. Um, Javante Smart's an excellent shooter as well. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, when, we, when we get into personnel, Cameron Thomas can certainly fill it up from deep also. Uh, but especially Cameron Thomas, he, he really loves to attack the rim, and he's excellent to get into the foul line. Uh, he's 85 for 94 already from the free throw line this year. Whereas Devontae Smart, he's more of a jump shooter, wants to score from three, um, also can get to the basket, finish with his right hand. Um, but they, they set a lot of different ball screening action uh, for those guys. And then otherwise, they like to space the floor out, and they like to isolate Trendon Watford sort of off the, pl- off the block in the mid post area. They'll run some different actions to get him those catches in the, you know, elbow 15 feet, a um, couple steps off the block in that area. And it's kind of let him go to work from there. He's also an excellent passer, uh, which, which makes him dangerous when you're trying to dig the ball out of the post, or certainly if you go to double um, he can, he can kind of pick you apart by facing you up and, and, and passing the ball out of the post. But um, you know, the, they're going to run a lot of set plays. They, they, they run some horns sets in the half court. They like to um, set a staggered ball screen up top and then run into a staggered double away behind the play. Um, as always, all this stuff will be broken down with video um, on my scouting report, which will post tomorrow afternoon noon on KentuckySportsRadio.com. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at BRamseyKSR. And throughout the day tomorrow, I'll be breaking down some film of their favorite actions and some of their set plays and, and, and giving you a visual look at, at what you can expect from LSU. Um, but yeah, the, the, they're not going to get out in transition nearly as much as the teams that we've, that we've been facing. It doesn't mean that we don't need to be disciplined in transition defense. It doesn't mean that they won't run when they have opportunities because they will. And especially guys like Cameron Thomas and Cameron Thomas, he's so, he's so aggressive that he's going to take the first open shot that he has He's going to look to get downhill and get to the free throw line, different things like that. So they, uh, They're just not searching uh, for transition baskets and opportunities in the same way that Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia were over the course of the last 10 days or so. Uh, LSU really likes to be a little bit more methodical, get you in the half court, execute their stuff, and get, their, and get the ball to, the, to their best players in, in the best positions for them to score. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, LSU does provide a lot of full court pressure. Uh, They'll they'll do this in a couple different ways. They'll run a 2-2-1 press quite a bit. When they're in their 2-2-1 it's a little bit more of token pressure. They're just trying to get you to spend some time getting the ball down the court. They want to make you initiate offense a little bit later in the shot clock. um, They're not necessarily looking to steal the ball as much when they're in their Um, 2-2-1. If if you pick the ball up right after half court, or if you can, they can trap you in a corner, they'll still run and jump you a little bit and and try to um, try to turn you over in that way. But they're much more aggressive when they go to their one two two, and they will treat that as a little bit more of like a half court trapping defense where they are trying to get some deflections with that top guy in the one two two. They're looking to trap a pass around half court, um, and and that's what they do to really try to speed you up. Um, in both of those, in both of those presses, especially that one-two-two, two, the thing that you have to be cognizant of is that you know there are opportunities to beat the press. You know, get the ball off the sidelines or whatever it may be, and and get going downhill with numbers three on two, two on one, whatever it might be. And what they're really good at is kind of cracking down behind you, still contesting shots at the rim, uh, coming behind you and tipping the ball, different things like that and making you miss shots just from being so sped up once you beat the press. So we have to be really disciplined uh, once we do beat the press, because I'm sure they are going to give some full-court pressure. We need to beat the press and then either take a layup or open rhythm threes. That's the name of the game against the press. You shoot layups or you shoot rhythm threes. Um, There there cannot be long twos or pull-up jump shots against the press. Rhythm threes, layups. If you don't have one of those shots, then pull it out, let them set their defense, and let's and let's play in the half court. because so we can't afford to be giving up bad shots and giving up possession due to being sped up from their press. So we, even though their press isn't directly cause turnovers or turnovers that show up in the stat sheet, there's, their press does fo- does create some forced shots, some some bad shots that are misses that then they can clean up and start going the other way. That might as well be turnovers. So just something to be aware of. Um, For them defensively, is that 2-2-1 or 1-2-2 full court pressure? To dive into their personnel a little bit here, in their starting lineup, they're going to go with number one, Javante Smart at point guard, 6'4", 205-pound junior. Uh, Javante was one of the guys that explored his NBA draft opportunities in the offseason, decided to come back to school for his junior year, and it's been paying off um, so far, he's averaging 14.9 points per game. Um, also leads the team in assists with four assists per game. Um, also, he's he's at about a, uh, about 1.3 steals per game as well. Um, so he, he can create some havoc on on the defensive end, but um, he's a really good playmaker, dynamic with the ball offensively. Um, he's an excellent, excellent shooter. Right now he's 32 for 69 from three. That's 46.4% um, just under what he's shooting from two. He will shoot him from deep. Uh, so you got to pick him up really early when he crosses half court, come out there and don't, don't let him get off open deep threes. Cause even if you think they're deep, it's still a really good shot for him when he's open. So make sure you pick him up early. Got to get over the ball screens and handoffs. Um, once he starts attacking the basket, he really wants to get back to his right hand to finish. Um, you, you, He's you know he's he's obviously a really good player so he's he's good driving it left but he's going to want to hop back to his right cross back over to his right um, at the rim to finish so just try to keep him moving to his left make him shoot it back into you with his right hand when he is driving it but definitely have to sh- take away the threes from number one Javante Smart. And shooting guard, uh, it's freshman number twenty four Cameron Thomas. Uh, he's six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, ranked in the top 25 um, by all the different scouting services, and he has came in and just been an absolute force for LSU this year. Like I said earlier, he is leading the SEC in scoring um, at 22 points a game. Um, He's extremely aggressive. He's taken uh, about 60 more shots um, than the next most prolific shooter on the team. He's just an all-around scorer. He can, he's always thinking about scoring extremely aggressive. Got to take away the catch-and-shoot threes from him. He's 29 of 97, uh, so he shoots a ton of them. It's just 30% on the year, but you know, at with 29 threes, he's making over two threes a game, so it's something you got to take away from him, take away his catch-and-shoot attempts. Got to be there on the catch, be really tight to him, um, and not allow him to get going from three. He'll shoot him from deep as well. Got to find him in transition. Like I said, he's, a, he's their most aggressive guy, so he's going to squeeze them off when he gets the opportunity. He's got to take away those attempts. Um, when he does drive it, really dynamic driving it either way, um, likes to set you up with a little left-to-right crossover, um, and then he, he's excellent at drawing fouls. He's 85 for 94 from the free throw line, over 90%. So we cannot foul him over and over again and let him get easy points from the line. Um, he's, he's just shooting 41.5% from the field he does force some shots. He gets himself into bad situations. He has to throw up some crazy shots. We're in a much better position if we make Cameron Thomas finish with us between him and the basket than we are fouling him because he's going to make us pay time and time again from the free throw line. So make him score twos and do not foul him where he can get to the line and, and make 10 or so free throws in a game because that's when he really Starts to hurt teams when he's making threes, still scoring at the rim, but then also getting eight to ten free throws a game. We have to do a good job um, of of taking those easy ones away from him. When he does drive it, we really gotta help and make him give up the ball. He's not an excellent passer; it's not what he's thinking about doing. Eighteen assists to twenty nine turnovers this year. You know he's a freshman; he's a dynamic scorer, and that's why he's on. That's what he's thinking about the entire time he's on the court. So we gotta really bring help, make him give the ball up when he drives it, and. And make some other guys hurt us. Next up in the starting lineup is number zero, Mwani Wilkinson. Um, he is a another freshman. He's 6'5, 215 pounds. Uh, he was a four star recruit at a high school, ranked right around 75th in the country coming into LSU. Um, this guy is a non shooter. Right? He's 25 from 32 from the field, though. That is 78.1%, but only one, from, one for three from three. Now, we talked about that drop-off from their top four guys to their fifth guy. Well, Moani Wilkinson is that fifth guy, averaging 4.9 points a game. But as you can see, 13 games, he's only shot 32 times. All right, But he's made 25 of them because he just shoots dunks and layups. He's a non-shooter. We have got to back up off of him, close out super short with your hands up. you got to stay between him and the basket at all times. I just cut along the ba- baseline. We'll back cut you. He's just looking for lamps and dunks. So just absolutely stay between him and the basket. Do not close out to him at the three-point line. Close out several steps short. Really be in help. When Cam Thomas has the ball and he's driving it, help off of this guy, number zero, and go take the ball off of, off of Thomas. Um, now, Wilkinson is an excellent offensive rebounder. 27 offensive rebounds a game, or <laughs> certainly not a game. On the season, that's over two offensive rebounds per game, so we've got to box him out. He'll fly in there from the perimeter. Number two, Trendon Watford. He's back for his sophomore season, 6'9", 240 pounds. Um, just an excellent college player. Um, I, I think he'll certainly carve out a role and be a good player in the NBA as well, probably next season. Um, however, his game, um, he's just really, really hard to stop it in college. I mean, the dude's 240 pounds, super skilled, super strong. He's really, really hard to stop as a, as a mid-post type scorer. Super physical um, one thing about Trendon Watford, and they're going to run a ton of actions to get him in some isolation situations. Like I said, he, they really like to get him some catches in space at around 15 feet or so, let him face you up, um, and drive it right, let him turn it into a post move, back you down because he is so strong and physical. Uh, but one thing to think about when guarding Watford, he is all right hand. Um, when he's backing you down, he wants to score everything over his left shoulder with his right hand. When he faces you up, he wants to drive it to his right and finish. That is all that he wants to do is score it and go to his right. Um, He is a capable shooter. He's 10 for 26 from three. Um, We don't want to close out super short to him, but we're definitely closing out a step or two short to start the game. We'd rather him burn us from three a couple times, and we can adjust then to let him drive by us or turn it into a post move from the perimeter. So we're going to close out a step or two short, but with high hands, trying to be there on the catch as much as we can to take away that initial catch and shoot, Um, and then bounce back and be ready for him to drive it at you. He wants to score it through your chest. He's going to be really physical. He's another guy on their team that's excellent at getting to the free throw line. 63 to 84, that's exactly 75%, so he's converting them at a pretty high rate as well. Um, But, yeah, he's going to try to catch in the mid-post area, 15 feet or so. He's going to back you down, score it over his left shoulder. He's going to face you up and drive it right. We just got to really be physical with him. Be ready to to dig the ball out of the post. We got to bring as much help as we can. We're obviously not helping out off a number one smart. Would really rather still not help off a number 24 Thomas, but certainly helping off a number zero Wilkinson. Uh, when he's in there, when any of their backups are in there, we can help off of all of those guys. Any backups you can help off of. Um, we got to try to get the ball out of Watford's hands, but he is an excellent, excellent passer as well. He's averaging uh, just under four assists per game. Um, so, we, we just have, you know, you just have to be aware of him pick, picking us apart with the pass. And, and, and what I mean by being aware of that and, and what we can do to, to sort of combat that is that we definitely, like, you have to go dig the ball out of the post. You have to bring some help when he has the ball, but you have to do it once he's started his dribble. On that first dribble, as soon as he puts the ball on the ground, I don't think we really need to go double him. I don't, I, I don't think that's going to be the name of the game because they, they have too many other dangerous guys, and he's too good of a passer. I really don't want to double, but you have to stunt at him hard. You've got to fake at him like you're going to go double and then stop short. You have to dig the ball out of the post, and that just means being really active with your feet and with your hands. Don't let him feel comfortable that he can take two, three, four dribbles because once he gets to that third or fourth dribble in the post, that it's, it's, it's really hard to guard him. You're going to end up fouling or he's going to be able to get around you with his strength and finish. So we got to try to make him pick it up within those first couple dribbles and then get back to your man and, and take away his passing ability. Um, he's also a really good offensive rebounder. Be ready for him to push you in the back and, and be physical when the shot goes up. Uh, but keep him off of that right hand. Try to make him pick it up once the ball goes into the post. And we're going to do the best job we can on him, averaging 18.1 points, 7.1 rebounds. Just an excellent all-around player. Um, And then last but not least in the starting lineup, we have number four, Darius Days, 6'7", 245-pound. Another extremely physical forward. He's a junior. Another guy came back after testing the waters professionally. He's averaging 12.9 points and 8.2 rebounds per game, Um, shooting a really high percentage from three this year. 39%, 39%, 23 for 59 from three. Uh, definitely got to take away the catch-and-shoot threes from, from days. He really likes to catch and shoot, be tight on him. tighten up as the ball comes towards you. Uh, when, he's, when he sets ball screens, we got to be really willing to switch. Because he really likes to pick and pop. Um, despite being 6'7", 245 and being really physical, he likes to play on the perimeter. He likes to face up and shoot the three, likes to pick and pop. He slips a lot of ball screens into a pop, so he'll kind of run at, at you from the perimeter, Like he's going to set the ball screen, then he'll just kind of float back into space, try to get you to overcommit to the ball screen and get an open three that way. Um, And then when he's around the basket, right hand over his left shoulder, he'll face you up and try to drive it right. Um, Just got to be physical with him like we are with Watford. He's not going to handle it with his back to the basket nearly as much as Watford is. Uh, We don't have to worry about digging the ball out of the post quite as much. When Daze has it, we're much more worried about him on the perimeter um, and, and taking away those threes. And then he's an excellent offensive rebounder, averaging almost three offensive rebounds per game. Super physical and athletic. When the shot goes up, so you got to be physical back with him. You got to make first contact, even if it means if you're the one boxing out. Darius stays. It's okay to essentially face guard him and and block blocks block him out with put your forearms into his chest and block him out while you're looking at him. And you know maybe you won't get the rebound, but just make sure he doesn't. and and the rest of our four guys will fly in there and after blocking out their man and try to get the defensive rebound. But we we got to take more personal accountability when it comes to defensive rebounding. We've had a really bad stretch here in the last few games of giving up a ton of second-chance opportunities, and we're not getting any loose balls. Like, the, the ball gets tipped around, the ball bounces on the floor a couple times, and it seems like the other team always comes up with the ball these last few games. So it's personal accountability. Do your job. Don't let your man get the rebound. If you block out your guy, and we do that five times around the court, five guys block out their man and take some personal accountability that their guy isn't going to get the rebound, then we're going to come up with as a team and and be able to go the other way. So you've got to box out Darius Days. And and really all these guys, they're they're a good offensive rebounding team. They will play a few guys off the bench, but their rotation is pretty short. Andre Hyatt will come in and play some um, as, a, as a backup um, kind of guard wing. He's a little bigger, 6'6", six, six, 225. Um, Jalen Cook, he'll come in there as a backup point guard some. He's another freshman. Um, and then Eric Gaines is, is another guy that will come in and play some as a backup guard. Uh, Sharif O'Deal's gotten some, some clock in the last few games as well. That's Shaq's son as a backup big man. Um, but, yeah, all, all those guys that come in off the bench – Just worry about them driving it at you. They're not going to be super aggressive. None of them are shooters, Uh, so you can close out short, stay between them and the basket, um, and and help help when Cameron Thomas has the ball, help when he drives it, help when the ball goes into Trent Watford and make him give it up after a couple dribbles. So there you have it on the LSU Tigers. Um, I've I've said it it a few times already, but uh, Cameron Thomas, Trent Watford – those guys are two two of the best players that we're going to face all year. Um, you know, I, I think that Cameron Thomas is is certainly the the best freshman. Him and Shreve O'Neill probably, or, um, excuse me, Shreef Cooper are um, probably the two best freshmen in the conference at this point. Both those guys honestly have a chance to win um, SEC Player of the Year at this point as well. And then Trenton Watford he's another SEC Player of the Year candidate, certainly a, a first team. All-SEC type of guy, probably, uh, you know, chance to be an All-American as well. Uh, he's just an excellent college player, really hard to guard, hard to stop. we got to make sure that we do as good of a job as we can on those guys um, and, and try to just turn LSU into a less efficient version of themselves for 40 minutes. Um, and I, I think a lot of that's going to come with playing without fouling. We cannot let these guys, especially Cameron Thomas and Trenton Watford, can't let those guys shoot a bunch of free throws and get easy ones. Got to make them earn everything, everything that they get and earn it by scoring with us between them in the basket and scoring two-pointers. So that's it on LSU. Uh, we'll get underway like I said, tomorrow night, Saturday night at 6 o'clock. The game is on ESPN at Rep Arena, so make sure you tune in. Um, I know that you know, things aren't going well this year. Nobody expected us to be 4-9. Nobody wants to be 4-9. I know that these games might seem to lack a little bit of meaning at this point just because, obviously, you know, the, the tournament resume is, is far from being there. Um, but I hope everybody still continues to support this team, and I, I think that we can have some fun in the second half of this year. Um, and, and, and I think it'll be fun to see see what improvements this team can make because I still think that they are a team that can, that can win some games, and I think they're a team that can be dangerous come tournament time. Um, SEC tournament time—that is—I'm um, not going to talk about the NCAA tournament just yet. But um, you know, I—I think we can be a team that nobody wants to play down in Nashville, and I think that's our goal at that at this point over the second half of the season, just trying to become um, that team and the best version of the team that we have. So, as always, uh, please download this podcast, subscribe to the scouting report podcast, leave a review if you do feel so inclined. We enjoy reading those reviews as they continue to trickle in, uh, please follow me on Twitter at KSR. Like I said, I'll have full coverage throughout the day tomorrow as I normally do. There'll be video breakdowns. There'll be some, uh, some different things on LSU that you can see visually after listening to me talk about them here. Um, Also look out for my scouting report in written form uh, with the film breakdown on KSR as well sometime tomorrow afternoon. Um, So, Until then, I hope you guys all have a great weekend. Hope you tune in and watch the cats tomorrow night. And let's get a win finally. Have a good night. Subscribe to the podcast. uh, And go, cats.